Hi, this is Jamin. You're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. The next set of episodes are conversations I had at this year's Corporate Researchers Conference, or CRC. This is put on by the Insights Association in Orlando, Florida. I had quite a few interesting conversations highlighting specific companies that exhibited this year, as well as a couple of speakers, Wells Fargo, IBM, etc. I hope you have a really good rest of your day and enjoy these short episodes. Hi, this is Jamin. You're listening to Happy Market Research Podcast. My guest today is Jonathan Ephraim, IntelliSurvey founder, co-founder, excuse me, right? Yes, um, that's correct. Longtime competitor and friend. Sir, thanks for being on the Happy Market Research Podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. So we are on the show. They're getting ready to release the hounds. We're by the food. We may be eaten alive. Hopefully, I don't mistake us for chicken legs. Um, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm doing very well. This is uh, one of our first conferences. It's the first conference like this that we've presented at, and we've, we have a, a display. So it's been fun to, to see people. We ordinarily are sitting in the background, and it's nice to be in front. Yeah, you guys have... So Telesurvey, and this is my perception, not necessarily reality, but Telesurvey is this, like, from a brand perspective, is these really intelligent people that have built this great software and service. Um, probably the thing that has always stood out to me and Jamie and I used to lament our org structure is that you guys built your platform with um, instead of instead of having like FT full-time employees uh, to program all the surveys you actually created a network of people that were able to use your platform is that accurate no, not at all. It's funny after all these <laughs> years. Like the, totally the, well, wait, the smart people is accurate, but the but the network part isn't. I love. Yeah, this. the network part isn't. Yeah, we um, what we did that was I think quite different from others was we separate. Well, obviously we separated out development from project management, but we didn't separate out project management from programming. So our we always thought of that as them as being one function that there was a project manager who was a programmer. And one of the things that we did quite differently was we hired people who were more liberal arts-ish. Um, when I say liberal arts-ish, I mean that not necessarily they were... Um, like linguistic type framework or... Well, just people who were creative and, and good with words and yeah. good with problems. Okay. Um, and, and those were the people that I think in many other platforms are, are the project managers who are then interfacing with someone who's a little more engineering-y who's like actually like doing the stuff. So you have one in the same. So then you trained those people on how to use your platform. That's correct. That's correct. And we have, uh, we built a programming language that basically is very close to plain English that people can then just affix uh, what amounts to a programming attribute using basically something very close to plain English, something like randomized colon Y. Yeah. Which is, which tells the system that you have to please randomize this on my behalf. Right. Um, and because it's relatively close to plain English, um, anyone can do it. I mean, it, there are a lot of capabilities in the system. Yeah. So you, it, it's not the sort of thing that someone picks up right away. We are expecting in the next, I'd say, three to six months to come out with something that's uh, more GUI DIY. Yeah. Um, and we're excited about that. Um, yeah. My, so like the thing that I really like about not having a GUI is uh, if as long as the programming language is 
structured in a simple way, you actually have a lot more flexibility and you don't have the overhead of a GUI. So it gets really, really easy to create surveys quick as a, I mean like, we, so we used to do, uh, we called them John Henry. Do you know the reference? So there's this oh, yeah. young, there's this little kid's storybook where um, it's a, a slave with two hammers and a mechanized steam engine. Both are at the drilling two tunnels for train tracks at the same time. And whoever like gets through first wins, right? Human versus machine. And so we would call it, so uh, we would do like a, uh, scripted version, so like you're describing versus the, our GUI version um, of the platform, and it was really interesting to always to see that the scripting version always won by a little bit or a lot in some cases. Yeah, and we we found that as well. And that, but on the other hand, I would say that one of the learnings that we've had over the last four to five years is we've been getting ready to. We we were pushing scripting versions for a long time, and invariably the person who's like us, who we talk to when we demonstrate our system says some variety of this. He says, look, I know that what you're doing works and I know it's faster to use scripting, but my people, they can't. They don't want to do it. They don't want to do it and maybe they can't do it. It's just too much for them. A scripting language is just, for whatever reason, yeah. too much for them. Um, and one of the things that we've found as we've been optimizing our, uh, our approach for the GUI is that certain aspects, if, if you time in motion a GUI the same way you time in motion scripting, you yeah. can actually get it pretty close, mm -hmm. but you really need to think from a time and motion perspective. You also need to really constrain the functionalities somewhat so that you hide the complexities from the garden variety users that really don't need to, to be able to, let's say, order things in sequential groups in a, in a, in a particularly funny way. I want to get a license, like a, um, just a demo license. I, I'm really intrigued on the programming language part of it, like how that seems like so fun to to do that well, anyways it, well you're officially out of decipher now right I'm 100% so we don't out. have to yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but no uh interest or anything along those lines that would be really yeah. fun to um to do i think i think i think it would be it would be interesting to do a blog post on um and we could make you could even co-write this on the john henry or time in motion you know what yeah. i'm saying like oh yeah and the well, trade-offs that are involved when you when you start moving to a, a GUI, like a um, SurveyMonkey, who I, I like the tool and it has its place. Um, it's just like for me, it's not my preferred way of doing stuff. Right. But I think one of the things that those of us who are, I, I, I still script surveys and, you know, our whole, we have a team of 70 people that's scripting surveys. So we're big believers in that ecology. But one of the things that we've found as we've scaled is that going to larger populations you need things that are more GUI-ish. You don't necessarily, not everyone's gonna be on the GUI. I think the power users are always going to have a preference for scripting. However, that's not to say that the people who, if, if you think of the core workflows, if you can get people that are, for whom scripting is too much, to participate in the workflows, that they can sort of work together with the people who are scripting. Yeah. Um, and that requires a more uh, GUI-ish interface or a more iterative interface that can be exposed to people that for whom scripting is too much. One of the things that's interesting about your story is, I mean, you just basically said it a minute ago, you guys haven't been at conferences. Like, you and I have never, I don't think, met face-to-face. -face, we have not, right? Yeah. Which is every one of the people that I've competed with, I've met for years, right, um, at these conferences. So, and yet you've had tremendous success as an organization uh, in growth and brand. So, like, are you 
changing a behavior now? Is there something we should be looking for on the horizon with IntelliSurvey? Yeah, I, th I think we're going to be significantly more forward than we have in the past. Um, I think we've done very well within our market. We've grown by, we like to think, providing exceptional service. And so every once in a while, uh, some new substantive group comes along yeah. and, and finds us and that excites us. And um, that's been the approach we've had uh, really for the first I mean, we've been doing this since 2001, so 17 years or so. Yeah. And it's really only in the last year or two that we've started to be more forward. And in part, that's because I think we want to expand into in, into populations a little bit more aggressively. Yeah, so. right. I think that's really smart. I think the, um, the premise or mantra, do good work, get more work, in this industry has served you very, very well and will continue to be a, the bedrock of your organization. So that's going to be, you know, now that you start investing in the sales and marketing side of things, it'll be interesting to see how you guys achieve your full potential, right? Because now it's a, now, because you do have to, I mean, there's a limiter with word of mouth. So, you know, as you get out there, do presentations like you are, be on the show floor like you are, be on the podcast like you are right now. You know, all of a sudden this, like, there's an elevation that starts happening with the brand that otherwise you just can't get. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think at, at our core, I mean, you, you guys were software guys, too. Yeah. And I, I remember hearing that you guys had, um, it must have been about eight or ten years ago. The time is tricky yeah, yeah. for me. But I remember we started getting a lot of inquiries yeah. from, you, from your customers. Yeah. Uh, from Decipher's customers, and that they said some variety of, "Hey, we um, we used to have this code that worked, and it doesn't work anymore. Can you guys help us?" <laughs> and knew, we could tell that. that what you guys had really done was made a real commitment to being scalable. Yeah. Because as long as you're custom, you're just not that scalable. Right. And that worked out very well for you guys. We're dimmer than you you That's were. That's not true. And but so, but it's taken us some time to learn that lesson, but. I think from our side, we've really tried to, we think we have a good set of code, yeah. and obviously there are network effects, yes. you know, and, and all. And so if we're really going to be valuable the way that someone like Qualtrics or someone like Decipher yeah. has been able to, we simply need to be out there and, and get more users, and so yeah. that's what we're doing. IntelliSurvey is the name of the company. Oh, really quick, I wanted to ask you, can you give us just the highlights of your talk? Um... Sure. The highlights of the talk we're going to be presenting with our friends at Mondelez, with whom we've been working for a few years. Um, and they've undertaken to bring some of the most complex research projects that are done anywhere in-house. Most of these kinds of projects, I think, are our understanding is done by agencies or done by consultancies. Um, and they brought them in-house. And uh, they did so in part because they wanted to really acquire sort of granular depth of knowledge about their market that was within their organization. And we're talking together with Mondelez about some of the hurdles that we had to uh, surpass in order to help them be successful in that regard. So that's what we're talking about. Hopefully it'll be interesting for folks. Yeah, that'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. I'll try to attend that. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, IntelliSurvey is the name of the company. Jonathan Ephraim is the one of the co-founders and my guest in Happy Market Research Podcast. Thank you very much for being on the show. It's an honor to have you. Everybody else, I hope you found value here. Please take a screenshot, share, five-star rating. Have a great rest of your day.